if an Outback Steakhouse is open at 4 a.m., not only do you have a right to go in there, you have an obligation to order a Bloomin' Onion. I'm tired of waiting till noon for lunch. Why can't I have shrimp on the Barbie at 4.30 a.m.? Just like the Founding Fathers intended. Exactly. In Atlanta, anything is possible. Welcome to the Crew 3 Podcast. I'm most rocking with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky Jones. Say hello. Hey. How's it going? We got a very sleepy yet uh, magic-filled Ricky this episode. I'm, I'm here. And then uh, we have an overworked Chris, as always. That's it. Ricky, fresh off the regional championships. I'm uh, I'm hot under the collar. I'm ready, I'm ready to roll, you know? I gotta, t- I gotta tell you guys what. Obviously... I was bummed I couldn't be in Atlanta, but I got to had to celebrate a lovely wife's birthday. Um, but Sunday, Sunday though, like getting to wake up, eat my breakfast, watch a European top eight, chill out, and then wait for the the U.S. magic to start. It felt so it like it felt like being in my early twenties again, and like I wasn't an old man anymore. Yeah, like. There, there were some complaints about the the coverage, and I think there are some things to work out. I do think that handing over Magic to DreamHack, where they have like no experience, had a guy who was running a ton of stuff, and then they fired that guy, w- w- was was questionable. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed the coverage. Uh, this is the first Pro Tour uh, related thing. It's not even the Pro Tour; it's a regional championship, kind of a, a like a large Grand Prix. I guess is what it was kind of compared. Yeah, to. I don't want to. I don't want to put all of the like bad feels on DreamHack for it because like. We've seen with all the FGC stuff and like ESL, like they run a good show. I think the problem is their magic side. I think they've contracted out somewhat of it. So it's like, you know, it's only their second event. So I think they can keep improving and it's only going to get better. Yeah. And, you know, I I do think the commentary team they had was great. Uh, Even like the European League the legacy European open or whatever, they were great. Great. Like you had Matej Zadokais like that on there, like great comment. I think the commentary teams themselves were very good. It was just weird that with Atlanta, right? Everyone was remote. And then with the legacy championship, they were like a divider wall away. So they couldn't really hype up some of the big moments. Yeah. I, I think that, I think there were some, again, points of contention, but overall I, I was super impressed. Like I got to watch like you did a lot of that, uh, a lot of the action. And it was super clear, like, the only thing, maybe, like, finding the Twitch stream was a little bit tougher than I think it should have been. Um, But in general, like, I knew when the event was, right? It was well advertised. There were qualifiers for it. It made sense. And, it uh, again, the coverage was professional, right? You had on-camera coverage plus commentary teams, which, again, I don't know that I've watched an event like that in a long time. They were just, they were convoluted. We, We made jokes for years the years leading up to this about like, wait, what event happened this past weekend? Are you sure? Where was it advertised at? Was it in a tweet? You know, who, who knows? So this is a, a giant and welcome change of pace. If you ask me. Well, speaking of the last bit of qualifiers, that is one thing I've heard. Now, Ricky obviously was already qualified. He didn't take part of these, but I heard that they, oh, Ricky can confirm this. They changed the structure of the last minute qualifiers. Okay. So one, they did not, they were supposed to do it. As advertised, 32 player events, launch when you hit 32, single elimination, uh, winner gets the invite, right? 
Okay, yeah. On top of that, because they were technically PTQs, that anybody who made the top eight of one would receive a Nykthos. Okay. And everybody got a Lava Spike promo for playing. Uh, which is pretty funny. Instead, what they decided to do was wait until they had eight players and launch that. You would then play two rounds, single So I just get a Nykthos? No, no, no. You'd play a round and then play another round, right? If you won both rounds and weren't eliminated, right? Okay. You and the other person from your pod who weren't eliminated would be grouped up with six other people who also did this through different eight-man pods, right? And you would then start a final eight-man pod of all winners. Uh, and that would determine who would be... Uh, and then the final two of that moved on to the pro the championship or just the winner? The, only the winner of that. Okay. So if you won two, you got to go to it. You had to sit around for literal ever until somebody could figure out uh, four or three other events that had already concluded to okay. shove you back together into another event. Those okay. eight people would receive Nykthoses, and then you had to play more. It's just so complicated for no reason. On top of that, there was no way to sign up online. They had to sign up in person, and only one person was working the booth to sign people up one at a time. The line literally stretched all the way into the, like, the dream hack area with the other video games. Yeah, Servo said it took like an hour to register for an event. Right. When it started. I mean, like, I had a friend who was there literally all day to play LCQs and was only able uh-huh. to play in two. Oh, my God. Like, they Next got into the very it, like... first one, made it to finals, lost, and then got into another one, got knocked out in round two. And then they, there was no more time to get into another one. I think so. I think you have to do LCQs because those are like badge buyers, right? It's like it's something right. to do when yeah. you show up. But like, it would have been better if they didn't. It really would have been better if they just didn't do that. Or bit. just left it at the the in, the original idea of. I, I think clearly something happened where they couldn't do that. Uh, like something must have happened with like software being slow or, or something like that. There's no way that they just like decided that was better. You know. Yeah, I feel like something went wrong, but like we could probably get info from a judge who was there or, or the TO that was there and figure out if anything special happened. Yeah. Uh, but no, otherwise, like, I mean, Ricky, before we start talking about like event results, sort of just tell us about the weekend overall. The weekend overall was a lot of fun. Uh, like, I'm just going to say it. Like, I know uh, results that I wanted to happen did not happen, uh, but overall, it's still DreamHack. And the problems that occurred were not due to anything more than like nothing that like that could have been controlled essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. They hired every judge that they were allowed to hire in their budget. Right. They yeah. weren't given enough of a budget. Right. There were only five judges in the main event, like, and they were turning away judge applications. There were five judges for 930 players. Yes. It was kind of wild. Also, um, no, nobody knows what professional REL is. Supposedly, the uh, the RC is supposed to be run at professional REL, even day one. Really? Okay, that's kind of interesting. But there were spectators at all points. Like, yeah, no, nobody taped off, like, the table area. They didn't explain that, hey, once you finish, you needed to leave. Uh, or you could say seated, but you couldn't just, like, hang around in the aisles, right? Yeah. I mean, th- th- those were the mistakes that I saw, really, right? Uh-huh. But as as for a whole, the tournament was kind of interesting. The open deck list was kind of weird, but it was fun. I, I think, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the, like, events specifically, I think 
the open deck lists are part of the reason why we saw some decks be more successful than I think we were expecting in a lot right. of cases. The uh, the entire atmosphere of DreamHack is always a blast, right? I, I will say, I think DreamHack takes away, like, the sad beats of, like, oh, I didn't make day two. It's like, well, I can go, like, I guess, put more money into Magic, or I'll just go watch some hype fighting games or, like, CS tournaments happening. Exactly, exactly. You can just go around, uh, look at anime art, you know, look at, uh, yeah. you know, drink free monster. Uh, I drank a monster for the first time since, like, my freshman year of college. I heard Server, like, about had a heart attack three monsters in. I believe it. I was, like, I got, like, 75% through my sugar-free Georgia peach monster, and I was just like, "Mm mm-hmm. I'm, like, my tongue is vibrating. Let's stop. Yeah. You know? Um, Tell us about the the full box sealed you play the Servo and Jaffer, and I also heard that you were personally asked to ban Karn, and then they got confused for me and Chris. Uh... I met a lot of wonderful people throughout the weekend who had already heard of us and a lot yeah. of people who had never heard of us who I handed out lots of stickers to uh, who probably lied to me about uh, going to check in. <laughs> but, you know, if you guys are, are here and you did meet me at the RC, welcome. Thanks for actually checking in. Uh, so at some point we have to we have to talk bad about Wizards of the Coast because I promised that would happen. Uh, and we have Sir- to talk Servo about Servo said you were like professional shill and I was like, yeah, that's my boy. What else am I supposed to do? I delivered all of those Playing Pioneer stickers to Servo to distribute amongst the other Playing Pioneer crew that was there, and yeah. uh, none of them working as hard. There were like five of them, one of me, and I handed out more Crew 3 stickers, I'm pretty sure, than all five of them handed out Playing Pioneer stickers. Except yeah. for like, I'm pretty sure Sam was like, you know, making it rain Playing Pioneer stickers at one point. But, yeah. Listen, uh, none of them are followed by Olive Garden. They don't They don't have the machismo, exactly. yeah. okay, yeah. that we do. That's right, that's right. Sorry, I forgot to mention that now that we're in year three, of, we're, about to, we're essentially in year three of Crew 3, it's time we're going back to the roots, yeah. and we're really hammering home this Olive Garden relationship that we kind of just let, that we just kind of let slide. Listen, everybody knows that time makes things drift, but at the end of the day, when you're here, your family. Your family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, and look, all I'm saying is hashtag not sponsored. The one but thing that hashtag we could be sponsored by Olive Garden. Hashtag, and we're definitely sponsored by Nate's mom. That's right. Yeah. Hashtag followed by Olive Garden. The one thing you know? we absolutely have to do, and I want to see happen in January. Okay. We need to redesign the playmat and get a better slogan. What's our current slogan? The slogan on the playmat is uh, the cute little uh, year one statement of my catchphrase. You can't buy snowboards with balanced cards. It wasn't funny to anybody. (laughs) I explained it to a lot of people. Yeah, you have to explain the joke. Yeah. And uh, and I get it but I think we can do better. And uh, I'm I'm ready to challenge ourselves. Let's just do a marketing pitch right now. Let's just rearrange the brand of Crew 3 live on no, let's not do that. Let's not do that. No, no, no. Absolutely. Let's, let's have the listeners throw in and tweet a slogan idea. Or Hive is a slogan now. What do you do on Hive? Um, You complain about Twitter? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, did anybody like? Did anybody actually think like Twitter was going down? Like, uh, I, I, not to be, you know, I understand this is the Doomer, like, culture, right? But, like, there's no way, like, it's going away. Right, and I think that uh, I'm not a fan of what has happened. I'm not a fan 
of a, yeah, we're, of we're a definitely, senior. We're not team. We're not team Elon here. Yeah. Group three. <laughs> uh, but you know what's really funny? I'm ready. Uh, Elon Musk admitting to all the money he's lost. Yeah. Yes. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed tweets like, "Do you know how to make a small fortune in social media?" Start with a large fortune in social media. <laughs> tweeted by Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. the man knows what he's beat. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he is a meme lord. I mean, the guy is a meme lord. He's a memer. Yeah. yeah. The, I the don't like him. Completely hate him. But uh, I've never met him. Never met him, actually. He, uh, he understands uh, when he's got eggs on his face and he laughs about it. And I can, I can respect that a little bit. So, all right, cut, uh, cut all Musk that, apparently. Buy, Elon yeah, Musk, cut all Elon that, Musk yeah. buying <laughs> DreamHack Atlanta. Yeah, let me make a note here to cut Ricky Schilling for Elon Musk's morals. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did enjoy everybody trying to enjoy their last ratio uh, as the ship was going down, you know. but uh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Ricky, did you, uh, did you get disqualified from uh, regional championships in Atlanta? No, I did not get disqualified for regional championships in Atlanta. Uh, are, I we just, played, are we just starting the Are we starting the DQs? What What a great segue, Ruckman. So I played I played some great magic. I made some bad decisions. Honestly, my biggest mistake, and it's because I really haven't I dealt there. with I haven't really dealt with this before because it's kind of new. But tournaments where you have to submit your deck list early, um, you know, kind of used to rolling up to the GP, uh, making uh-huh. changes to my paper deck list as I go, right, mm-hmm. and then turning it into the judge. At the players' meeting, yeah. But I was just kind of like, "We're going to be confident in this list. We're not going to think anymore. We're registering it. Lock that in Wednesday, so that way when I leave on the plane, I don't have to make any decisions on my mobile phone through MTG Melee, which is an awful, awful, awful website. Sorry, Brad. Um, you're trying. You're trying. I understand. Um, but registering my deck on Wednesday, and then going and seeing what was there Friday, and then not really being able to make changes to my list felt real bad because I knew going into the event that my 75 was not where it needed to be. I especially learned very quickly that, uh, yeah, I definitely needed to be playing Mystical Dispute, which I had cut in prep for all the Rakdos and Mono Green players I was going to run into. I ran into only one Mono Green player over my course of eight rounds. And a sea of lightning chickens. You were still percentage points wise more likely to see those than the others, right? I mean, I, I played Phoenix a couple of times, yeah. uh, and uh, let me tell you, both of those matches when I was just sort of like, "Hmm, we can beat Spell Pierce," and then I got disputed. It was just like, "Hmm, I wish I had oh. one of those." <laughs> one more mana, you say? <laughs> yeah, three mana. Nope, I can't do that. Howie Mandel, yeah. Howie Mandel says no deal. You know. I also got disputed in the Karuga Fires matchup. Ooh. Uh, but I did beat Karuga Fires, which is I. I, Thank I was. I'm very good, sorry. Good. You played very well, and I do respect the deck a little bit more now. But I talk too much crap against that deck <laughs> to have lost to it. If I, I had lost to it, I would have been like, no, I like, I made, and I like, one of my buddies lost to Karuga Fires in round two, and I was like, how did you lose to Karuga Fires? That deck just plays Yu-Gi-Oh! It's not a real deck. And, uh, you know, which I, yeah. I stand behind still because I didn't lose. So I, I don't have to learn anything. Hey, speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh! They had a pretty hype ban list update. Do you think we're going to get one of those? No. 
Yeah, probably not. Depends no. on who's in charge of that. Like, I still want Karn banned. I don't think it, yeah. it is a. I don't think it's because mono green is oppressive. I still think that it restricts the format. Sure, it restricts the decks that you can play in the format because Karn just exists, right? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't oppressive. No, because because everyone was prepared for it. Right, everybody was ready. <laughs> when you when you were when you were like when you have the biggest red target on your back heading into an event, like you're gonna you're not gonna, that's not gonna win. Yeah, uh, I mean, like Aether gusts galore. Uh, people came ready with like obliterating bolts for the trolls. People came ready yeah. with like all sorts of hot tech. Uh, to I mean, get. you had like blue white control being able to prey upon the fact that it's open deckless, so like they know what they're playing around the entire time. I heard like lay down arms was seeing play, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. So like I don't know. There was just sort of like a lot to be done about green. I still think the deck's insane. I still think the deck's absurd. Yeah. The new targets that you can get with Karn, kind of crazy. And the miserable, miserable life that is the mirror match to the point yeah. where you have to dilute your deck by playing, like, Nicol Bolas again. Yeah, that way we can still combo off after we get Stonebrand. Yeah, because you can Nicol Bolas and... Like, I'm like... I was watching a green mirror, and, like, they Stonebrand Karn, and, like, then they tutored again with Karn, and I was like, I kind of think the play is go get, like, part of Kieran and just crew it on your Karn until he's dead. Yeah. So your opponent can't nickel bolus you and Karn back. Um, uh, I watched Automaton see a lot of play and just extend combos. Uh, I watched people flub combos, which was oh, kind of funny. Oh, really? Automaton seeing play? Funny. Yeah, I know. Uh, I also watched people lose because they Automaton to their Nykthos, and then their opponent just kick it, killed it, <laughs> fail pushed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you really, like, the, the Automaton play is, like, you've really got to have the read on when to go for it. That's the Hail Mary right there, you know? Yeah. yeah also, yeah. Um, having open deck list means that when you see your opponent is on mono green, you just mulligan till turn one interaction with the elf. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's fine. You're just like, oh, a mono green player? Does this hand have a interaction with the turn one elf? Nope. Mulligan. And you don't feel bad at all. Yeah. That is so helpful. Like, I think that yeah. hurt mono green a lot. Yeah. So, all right. I know I know what Chris wants to talk about. So let's talk about the DQs, and then we can look at the meta from these events, shall we? Yes. Thank you. Because I also I also just have some notes from when I was watching coverage. Uh, but anyway, so so let's talk about the DQs. So obviously, uh, also, real quick, I we only have deck lists and results for Atlanta and Sofia. I do know that Brazil was a double Rakdos Mirror final. Was a Rakdos Mirror finals. I don't have any other information besides that. And then we, of course, have the challenge and the showcase. But we're mainly going to focus on Atlanta and Sofia. But obviously, uh, there were not one, but two DQs in Atlanta. One of them, I feel like, a lot more public than the other. I feel like the second one, people only know about if you were at Atlanta. Right. It's safe to say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because obviously the first DQ was the like day one darling in Michael McClure with 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 Selesnia Angels, and then uh, oh where's where are you at day two? Well, I got DQ'd because my secret layer collected companies were curled, and the judges could just keep cutting right to them. Man, those I just, those dastardly judges, man. You know, I just, just I think I've, it. I've never seen you know. 
not that we are going to indicate anything, right? But also allegedly, 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 uh, I hate that entire Twitter thread that they posted. It's kind of gross. I don't like it. Look, alleged. I can. Uh, this is an alleged. I can tell you, as someone who's played a lot of company, I don't think I've ever company on my upkeep. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that there. There became if if for those that aren't following the story. Like, again, somebody gets DQ'd for foils, uh, which which is unfortunate. Again, most players know it. And this player admitted themselves, hey, I didn't do enough to look out for this. And so, oopsies, I, I you know, got And again, let's, 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 be, let's be clear here. They weren't banned because – directly because the cards were curled. Because you can have slightly curled cards. The problem is the judges could take his deck and go – Oops! Here's a company. Oops! Here's a company. Here's a company. Right, right. You you could directly and, get to, and the that's that's when we fall into mark card territory. Great, great perspective. Great perspective. And, and there's a lot of speculation around it. People like were like, well, no, there are more mark cards because we only get the player's perspective, right? The judges don't usually come out and comment on it um, for yeah. for a great many reasons. But we just get the player side and the player owned up to that kind of thing, and then the video comes out where they are, you know, untapping and upkeep casting a collected company, and it turns out that the collective companies aren't the only really, really foil cards that look really, really bent, right? Like they are visibly bent on camera and we don't know where because of the way that they, that they kind of presented the cards, but it appears as though they could at least see that the top card of their deck or one of the top cards of their deck was one of the foil curled cards. And it looks as though from the video that that's why they cast a collected company in their upkeep was to potentially hit sure one of those cards. I'm sure it was the top card of their library was right. the curled card. That, so that's know, why, yeah. Which would sound like, which, again, this is all legend, right? This is all what we're going off from the video. Right. We whiff on the company at the opponent's end step. We untap, upkeep. We cast our company. There's there's a, and the first card we hit is a pretty curled Resplendent Angel. Yeah, I see. I, I was not confident enough in my views to see that. I'm glad you saw it, though. Because, like I said, I, I, that's why I was like, well, I'm, I'm not sure enough that that was the first card to be like, you know, just kind of put it out there. But that's what it looks like, right? That's what a lot of people are, yeah. are thinking. So um, disappointing, very disappointing there, you know. But that's that's going to come back with paper, right? A lot of people made a lot of funny jokes about, uh, you know, hey, that's how we know paper's back, right? <laughs> Marked cards, yeah. people cheating, doing kinds of things. But like I said, that's one of those things you have to remain vigilant about. Um, unfortunately, you know, if you see something like that, you're not the bad guy to call a judge, especially if you see a play like that and you're going, wait, why, why would somebody do something like that? Well, uh, like this, this weekend, especially was the weekend of just like, we've gotten too lax with our triggers. Mm -hmm. Like I'm watching the game one of the Sophia finals, right? Mm -hmm. It's Azorius control against, is it Phoenix and Phoenix players? Third spell is a galvanic iteration with no other gas to play. Yeah. And so they get three, their opponents at five, they get back three Phoenixes. They've cast a naked Galvanic iteration, right? Yep. So Phoenix player, uh, whose name is Miguel Castro, swings. We, we swing with the bin chickens. Um, his opponent, uh, Mary Two, um, flashes in. Watering Emperor mm -hmm. goes to exile one of the Phoenixes, which would put the damage down to six, mm -hmm. and they're gaining two life, so they're alive at one. Right. Well, in response to the activation, Phoenix player goes, Impulse my own Phoenix. And Azorius player goes, 
sensor your impulse. Okay, I can't wait for the sensor. We go back. We pass the turn. Opponent's living at one. Now again, we had that naked galvanic. And that's when I just see hands go on head as we realize, hey, we had this galvanic active. So really, we should have had two impulses to end the game there. Sure. Judges called and... There's a lot of like, is this a make? Can you miss this? And eventually it's ruled it's missed. Game continues. Luckily, Azori's player Bricks passes back the turn. Phoenix player top decks pieces. We get to flashback Galvanic, double cast pieces, find spells to get back our Phoenix. Sorry, Azori's player didn't brick. They, unta- they get to untap, cast verdict. We're alive at one. Phoenix player, they pass back to Phoenix player. Phoenix player draws, hits pieces. We get to galvanic pieces, find the other spell, one mana spells we need, buy back Phoenix's swing for lethal. So, like, and, and in this kind of matchup... I thought they lost that game. Uh, the Phoenix player didn't lose that game? Game no, one? No, they, they, ga- they lost game two. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Because, honestly, I think they would have lost the set if they didn't win game one. Yeah. Um, uh, and then game... Uh, there wasn't really any sort of big misplay, really, in Atlanta... There's a couple little small minor triggers here, but yeah, like that, like this weekend seemed to be like, we got to look, it's also high stakes magic. So I'm not going to be like, idiot, like you missed your trigger, right? Like it just, it is something that like even commentators talk about is we're so used now to the games kind of just doing the triggers for you right. that it really hurts to miss some of these big time triggers for things. Yeah. Such as Croxa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gotta work, gotta work out, uh, gotta work out our brains so that we. Uh, yeah, Ricky, do you want to do you want to sure. talk about the second DQ of the weekend? It was the first one, wasn't it? Because it was on day one. Uh, well, either way. Yeah, no, because it was. Yeah, it was. Well, the other one was day. Well, I guess they're both day one, but yeah. The uh, we got a we got a Rakdos player looking pretty dead on board. Yeah. Uh, facing down all of the Grohl boat army, and the Akroan war. Right? Yeah. Hail Mary. Let's just cast Crocs at a block. Crocs at a block. You know, one of those infamously uh, uh, great spots to be in in magic history, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Cast Croxa for escape cost, says Croxa. Opponent puts the only card in their hand into the graveyard. It's a stomping ground. Player then plays a land. Oh, but wait, Ricky. Did you announce? Did they announce that Croxa trigger? They did not they just announce cast Croxa. They did not announce the Croxa trigger. So then, Ooh. opponent decides to pick their land back up out of the graveyard and put it back in their hand. Uh, at which they then inform their opponent that they missed their Croxa trigger. Wow, nothing. Okay, I, I, I <laughs> we're going for the rubbins of we're going to point out that you, you stupid idiot, messed up and forgot your trigger. Huh? I, I believe the other player kind of like. Did like a, a like you know a double take point of just like are you picking up cards out of your graveyard right because that's what I would okay. do right if you see your yeah, opponent yeah, yeah, is yeah. like has just taken a card that you did not see move out of the graveyard into their hand right you would just okay, immediately yeah. be like what is happening right yeah they yeah. say you missed your Croxa trigger so then oh no a dispute amongst players what should I do call immediately judge. call the judge. Rakdos player calls the judge. Judge decides that not enough has happened, and we should go back and put the Crocs ability on the stack hey, and just resolve and, it. 
real quick, it looks like one of those big, the big deciding factors on whether or not you get takes back, take back seasons, like passing the turn. Right. So just for like information to people out there, because I was not aware of that in this new take backsies world that we live in. What's the what's the deciding factor between do we get take backsies, do we not get take backsies? And like passing the turn is apparently the big deal. But continue right. on with with our story. So uh, the Grawl Boat Army decides that is not going to stand. They appeal, which is their God-given right. In a game of magic... You should pretty much always appeal, also. <laughs> yeah, to appeal their the, found, the founding fathers. Right. Yeah. That's, in, that's in the Constitution. So they appeal, uh, get the head judge down. You know, before the head judge comes down, though, a spectator, who may or may not was supposed to be there because of professional-level REL, but hey, that's not the point. A spectator was there, watching from Rakdos player's side, pulls the judge aside and goes, hey, I saw them discard the card. Not only that, I saw what the card is, which I shouldn't know, and it was a stomping ground. Not only that, it's from Gate Crash, exactly, which it was. I was standing on the other side of this table, so I knew that it also was the stomping ground. But I don't get investigated because I'm standing on the wrong side of history here. Anyways... So, the head judge is called. They're informed that there's this spectator that claims that they saw the card get discarded. Uh, the Rakdos player is just like, hey, sorry, I thought, I, you know, I didn't exactly announce my trigger very well. I would like it to go on the stack, but I'm not sure. I did kind of miss it. And then the, the girl player, who is just aggressively insisting that they in no way indicated that Croxa even existed. Right. And, they uh, haven't written it in years, haven't texted them, no, no Thanksgivings, no Christmases. They not ever discard a card, ever in their life. Uh, the fact that anyone could think that they even had a card touch their graveyard is absurd. And that they just merely hold their hand near the graveyard. That's just how they like to play the game, you know. You know it, I know it, we all know it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't feel right if you don't have your hand right above your graveyard, right? Yeah. So... Then an investigation is launched, which is good. This is good judging, right? We don't yeah. just we don't just make a snap decision or look on Reddit to decide what, what's going to happen. You know, uh, we're going to go ahead so, and uh, Reddit has a lot to say about that, Ricky. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're <laughs> going to go ahead and so, launch and so an investigation. Then, we're going to split. We're going to use our other judges staff, right, as a head judge. We're going all, to split all, up to all three of them. All three of them. Yeah, we're going to split up these players, right? We're going to have one yeah. player over here. We're going to take the spectator, put that person somewhere else, and leave the other opponent, like the girl boat opponent, at the table. And uh, we're going to. Meanwhile, side events are just not fired. No <laughs> yeah. them. We're going to interrogate them one at a time. Chaos ensues. 25 minutes kind of pass. Well, not the whole 25 minutes, but uh, eventually the head judge does come back after Hold on. Have we, have we hit? Do we, do we hit a time frame to rival. The the twenty minute scape shift. This was a full on thirty minute thing because when the judge was called, there were twenty eight minutes left in round, and the final verdict gets delivered around time. Ooh, the thirty minute Croxa. <clears throat> yeah, the thirty minute Croxa, uh, the nine millennia Croxa trigger. Uh, head judge does their part. They go to each person individually. Um, I stayed just at the table because, of course, if I'm just following around the head judge, uh, that would be rude. <laughs> so I just stay where I'm planted so i only see things that happen to the girl boat player but the judge comes by gets their story the first time comes back the second time and goes hey um 
here's the thing. Uh, did you maybe possibly accidentally a little bit kind of oopsie doopsie drop the card into your graveyard like you discarded it? Because I know what it is from talking to the other people involved because they've seen it. This is basically the gold ticket to not getting disqualified, right? Yeah. This is the like. Yeah, you're right. This is the judge. Like, you're you know right. What? It sure did just fall you out know of my what? hand. You're right. I think I might have accidentally dropped it, right? As somebody who has been investigated for disqualification in the past, when the head judge looks at you and asks you if if uh, either what you think should happen uh, or if you know, oh. like, you, you oh. should just, like, it's your <laughs> time scare, to just go, scare, you know what? The scare of God ruling, huh? You know what, judge? I'm absolutely dumb, and I don't know what any of these cards do. Please tell me, because I'm unaware. Uh, the scare of God defense. Which was true. I had no idea what was supposed to be happening. Listen, th- this is this is a huge distinction because not only was Gruel Boat Player like raging, and the instinct you're talking about were like there was a, a card from Scarab God that ended up in the wrong place that you're talking about for yourself. You were right. just like, well, I mean, this is like the judge, like, where, so where do you think this card should be? And you were like, well, I mean, I think here, but now the way you're asking me, I, I guess I'm wrong. That innocence of just like, hey, man, like, I don't know. Sorry, like, you know, like, Big difference approach in how things were handled, right? Like, in hey, fact, you know, like, the like you said, I would love to know. Down right, and says there's no earthly way. In fact, the fact that people have guessed what the card is, they say they they must have made a lucky guess because right. there's it's no rigged. way it's the rigged. Other people could know. There's no way they could know what the card in my hand is. So they, they already decided what card was going to be in my hand before they cast the vote. <laughs> That's right. So. Another round of investigation, which I mean, you got to be thorough in these things. Uh, once again, the time taken here, I do not blame. And like the, the judges did their, this is excellent judging. Uh, the, I think, man, I don't know if I should even name names, but the head judge of this event was excellent. Let's not, let's not name names. Right, right. Because uh, yeah. I, well, I can't, because I don't remember their name. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the side event line is now three hours long. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. It's worth it. Uh, we come back eventually. We sit down and we tell the girl boat player from the judge that, hey, I've discussed things with my judge staff, with the players involved, including yourself, and everyone's stories add up except for yours. I know the card in your hand without having to have looked at it because of other people's accounts, and you are the only person that insists that you did not discard the card. Therefore, I have to assume that you are lying to a judge. My ruling is that you are lying to a judge, and that results in disqualification from this event. That line sets it off, right? Nobody wants to yeah. hear that line. Nobody is intending to get disqualified. Nobody, and very clearly this player, did not know that lying to a judge results in disqualification. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, that's one of those lessons, you you know, you learn it once. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> and, and, then, and then here's the other thing, right? <sighs> then you don't, don't lie to the DCI investigation because that's how you get banned for six months. Right. So... Light tantrums occur. Emotions are high. This is playing into day two at this big event that you've been prepping for since literal June, right? So I get it. Emotions run high. Do not insult the judge. Do not, you know, if you need to have your little scream into the pillow, right? Because you've been disqualified because you lied, you know, maybe have that scream outside of the tournament hall. Do not have your version of Mark Wahlberg could have stopped those planes. Do not throw your pad of paper 
do not, uh, you know, just don't insult the judge, you know, because that's what that's what happens from then on. It's ugly, and the judges are insulted, and the judge is a massive professional who just sort of repeats, "I stand by my ruling," and you can take it up with Judge Academy after this event, you know. Yeah, and uh, you know that's how uh, that's how round nine went. I'm glad I didn't I, I didn't get to play around nine, so it was interesting to get to experience that. Yeah, it sounds like you dodged a real bullet there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think again, just like in the way you handle it, we're like that player to be, you know, honest in the situation was probably going to win the game, if not for the whole like Oh, like, you know, I, I, I probably revealed it thinking that uh, the trigger was going to go on the stack. And then when he missed it, I picked it back up. Right. Like, I think you can say, hey, I kind of I, I flashed it just assuming it was going to go off. And then we both were like, oh, hey, because like even if the trigger does go off, the guy is likely to win the game. Like, again, like you pointed out, the board for that player is pretty much full. They have the game pretty well locked up. Rakdos player has no more cards in hand. They were just I think they had two cards in hand, but they were both lands unbeknownst to grow bolt player. So maybe that's why. But again, if they had not thrown a tantrum and lied, they probably are winning that match moving on to day two, right? That decided right. day two, which was pretty, pretty crazy. That so. kind of the, the, the kind of my, like presence of mind it takes to kind of even like realize like, Hey, whether I think this should happen or not, even if I get this Croxa trigger thrown on me, I'm still not losing this game. Right. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of, it can be difficult to see that. Right. When you're more upset at the, like, my opponent played bad, they should be punished type of, uh, you know? Because, like, I'm not even sure that he, if he matters, it matters that he acknowledged the trigger because we know from hearing Croxa player side that they were not pushing to say that they remembered the trigger, right? Right. That, that That's they, another Croxa, thing is the... Croxa player is not trying to lie and say, oh, I definitely remember the trigger. And that's why he escapes scot-free. Croxa player goes, actually, you know, I, I don't think I did say anything, to be honest with you. I just wanted to know if I could put it back on the stack because I hadn't passed my turn yet, <laughs> you know? So the, the honesty from Croxa player and also from Spectator, mm-hmm. the Spectator, I, I talked with them after they were, because they were kind of involved in the whole thing and they got talked to by the judges a lot, you know? And it's just like, do you know Croxa player? And it's just like, yep, met him this weekend. He's a great guy and I do want him to win. Right, like yep. just that honesty. Once again, uh, you know, you just gotta when you are asked by a magic judge what is happening, you, do, you there's not this is not the time to make things up. You know, right? This is not the time to become Pinocchio. You know what I'm saying? It's not the time to become a sovereign citizen. <laughs> <laughs> Am I being cut detained? That. Cut that! Cut that! No, I'm not driving. I'm traveling, Ruckman. Uh. I'm practicing magic. I'm not playing. <laughs> That's game. right. I'm, I'm putting cards on a table. I'm not playing magic. I'm merely tra- I'm merely traveling the plains. That's right. My my land my my land merely traveled to the graveyard. I did not place it there. Right. <laughs> all right. That took up a lot of time. We got to. Uh... Uh, all right. Let's talk about these events, though. Yo. All right. Uh, oh, they were wild. They, they were good. They they were wild. also real quick. One of my favorite quotes from this weekend. I forget which commentator said it. Uh, but this is during the Sophia final. Was it like after Sophia ended? And they're like, st- it was they're talking about Narset in the finals, and they go, "Static effects of Planeswalkers have been huge this whole weekend." And my thought was, "What an understatement! What an understatement!" Uh, all right, so yeah, let's start with Sophia. 
and then we'll kind of work our way to Atlanta and then the challenges. So real quick in Sophia, let me pull up my notes because I have to have notes on what's what now. Uh, Sophia, our top eight is going to be Adrian Hussard on Mono Green Devotion, Aaron Kakmas on, again, uh, apologies for having to read real names now. We know I can barely read MTGO usernames uh, on Abzan Grease Fang, Andre Santos on Rakdos Sack, Adriano Moscato on Rakdos Midrange, uh, Thierry Rambo on Is It Phoenix, Ben Jones on Is It Phoenix, and our top two, uh, Mary Two on, or Manny Teo on, Manny Man, Teo on uh, Azorius Control, and then Miguel Castro on Is It Phoenix. So, uh, Ricky, I think it's time to dust off the Phoenix Watch button because that's three of the top four, baby. I knew that Phoenix was the best deck to play this weekend. I was just so unsure that anybody else could ever be as galaxy-brained as me to play birds that I cut my own Mystic Disputes like a dingus. So, uh, yep. Uh, hey, Grinning I Dingus, uh, I think, did really well this weekend. Huh? Grinning, Grinning Dingus also did very well. You're correct. <laughs> uh, I will say, look, Ricky, I I also believed in Phoenix, so much so that in my little meta Snapchat art, Snapchat article I put up on uh, playing Pioneer for heading into Atlanta, I uh, even put out, uh, I even included a well-tuned Phoenix deck could just go all the way this weekend. And look at that. I was right. But like realistically, realistically though, I will say like nothing in this meta is really shocking to me. Uh, let's kind of get that out of the way, right? Because... If we look at like Sophia's kind of meta breakdown here, 20% Rakdos, 15% or sorry, 20% mono green, 15% Rakdos, 13, 13, 14% is it Phoenix. Uh, then we have Kruga Fires at five to six percent, Azura's control at five percent. Like that all kind of makes sense to me based on everything we've seen so far. And you know, everyone's kind of wondering where was mono green at? Supposedly they were there. I didn't get to see them. I saw them around me. I wanted to play against Mono Green. Yeah, twenty percent at both events, though. Yeah, and I and I think like we see, and what we'll talk about it again. But I mean, the finals is it Phoenix versus Control, right? You know, we make fun of Control as kind of just like live. We make fun of the Control players for living on solid copium, right? And well, and what I was say? like, I I don't know what I would have done had control actually won, right? Like, that would have given them coping supply for the next, like, ten years, oh, probably. Oh, you think the second place didn't? You're right. You're right. They're, they're living on cloud copium right now. But, like, let's be real here. Let's let's look at these decks, like, that find success before we even talk about Atlanta. And you see decks like Phoenix, you see decks like Azuri's Control do well. And why is that? Well, Control has now the benefit of uh, we have a really clear idea of what our meta is going to be going into the event. We know Rakdos, we know Mono Green, and we can kind of speculate on things here and there in between. Phoenix, probably a good one because it's a deck that people just kind of have laying around. It's a lot of uh, really popular deck, just people who don't even want to play the top two decks. So we kind of know we're targeting those three, right? And we have open deck lists. So we know 
what to play around at all times. So I think open deck list, this kind of we 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 if you pay attention to the front, you know what the meta is going to be headed. Because let's be honest here, the meta was not a surprise at all for anyone here. So it's percentage points that I was expecting. I think a lot of people were expecting. And it's a very conducive event for Azori's control to win. I think I think one of the key answers here is that like, you know, control is a deck of answers. And when you get to start the match knowing what you're trying to answer, it's a huge advantage, right? Like, you know, against your mono red opponent that you cannot keep a removal, like a counter spell heavy hand. You need removal spells, right? Counter spells are better against the later game decks. But if you know you're playing against Karuga Fires, well then heck, you, you don't have you can get rid of some of those early game removal spells. You're looking for counter spells, you know? So like again, when when you're all answers, knowing that like, hey look, you have to have these particular answers in your hand to sort of the match was way bigger than I think I gave it credit for, especially. And I do think the open deck list hugely favors control, it seems like, you know? And probably combo, right? Honestly, temporary lockdown is a house. The entire Karuga Fires archetype is carried by the fact that they get to play Temporary Lockdown. And Leyline Binding? Really, it's Temporary Lockdown, honestly. Like, one, it doesn't get Stainful Stroked. Uh, two, uh, it's not green or red, which means, like, hate cards just don't happen against it. It's hard to kind of kill without, like, exactly besage you, right? It eats yeah. all your elves. It eats all of your, uh, the land enchantments, the Wolf Willow Havens, which is a card that Mono green is kind of like liking a lot more now because of Rakdos, right? Sure. It eats all of your uh, Rakdos game objects, right? All of your blood tokens, all of your food, all of your uh, sack engine cards. It eats your shadows of misery, misery business. It eats them. And Rakdos is now more low to the ground playing that. Eats all of your fable tokens. It eats all your ledger shredders, all your things in the ice, all of your young pyromancers and their tokens. The card's kind of just a house against, like, the three main decks of the format. I think that card is way better and, like, way more of, like, why these control decks are doing as well as they are. I think that that card sure. is a big player. Um, I mean, Chris talking about the... Here it is at 21st place is Mark Tobias, uh, Tobias on... Oh, no, what is this? This isn't uh, Grinning Ignis. This is Burning Anger. Oh, 21st place, Burning Anger? Y'all check this out. 17th place, uh, Dimitar Ernin on Gritty Ignis. Look at this 21st place deck list, this teamer combo deck here. This is, uh, this is Storm some Herald. Storm Herald Burning Anger classification, huh? So instead of like the Boros builds we've seen in the past, we're playing like teamer here just because Letter Shred is just the better card. I like it. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, it's hot. Uh, we're not going to, like I said, we're kind of going to focus on the top eights here. So be sure we'll link all the events below. Dig through, look at deck lists for sure. Uh, anything else kind of you want to pick at in this top eight here? Or do you you want to talk about Atlanta? Um, I mean, I, I like to go over just really quickly the, uh, the Racto Sacrifice deck. Sure. Just like completely, completely just who cares about Mono Green? We're going to play our Witch's Oven deck anyways. Uh, we're not even going to play main deck Kari Zev's expertise. We're going to put him in the sideboard. Uh, we're not playing Diabolic Intent. We're not like all the cool possibilities. And we just played this kind of stock list, played it well yeah. and did well. Right. Yeah. I still personally think that I, I'm not a big Gigantha fan of the deck anymore. 
it just always felt like whenever we're casting Gigantor, we're kind of losing. But every time I've cast cards as expertise, it feels real good. Oh, yeah. So that's my gripe by the deck list. But no, I I still hold that, like... Now, I haven't gotten to play Sack since we added uh, Misery Business to the format. So we'll see with Rakdos picking that up, how the matchup goes. But I do... I've, I've enjoyed the heck out of all the Rakdos Sack I've played this season and I don't for think RCQs. any of the Phoenix decks in this event are on the absolute absurd greed list of the 18 land list that, like, Mason uh, and his team were playing. Uh-huh. I don't know if you all saw that, uh, but, like, Mason and a few other people uh, were playing Phoenix with only 18 lands now and just playing, like, triple spike field hazard and a Jwari. Uh, well, our winner was on 19 with for double spike field hazard. Right. 19 is normal, but cutting down okay. to 18, 18 real oh, lands... Okay is like the new greed and you play four double-sided land cards. You can get lands off of, uh, yeah. Pieces. Now, Ricky, what do you feel about the amount of Sahili this weekend over Jaya? Um, people don't believe in Jaya. It's okay. I am eliminated from this tournament because I too did not believe in Jaya. Uh, I think the big pivotal turn that I made a major misplay in, uh, was my opponent resolving a, uh, Shildred. I had a Phoenix in play, they have a Shieldred, and I have the opportunity to either uh, Galvanic and Impulse to kill the Shieldred, or just cast Jaya, make a token, and pass, and try uh-huh. to establish my Jaya on the board. Uh, I decided against that, and instead I get uh, Maximum Punish when my opponent draws, plays their fifth land, goes Thought Seize, takes my Jaya, four mana, plays a second Shieldred. Ouch. Ouch. And, like, that was the misplay uh, of the tournament for me. If I had just cast that Jaya, and opponent also stated, wow, I think if you resolve this Jaya, I don't think I can win. Oh, no. Which I agreed. I agreed. I I just, I didn't believe hard enough. I thought about it for a while and decided that, like, man, when the decision, like, once again, this is why Phoenix is so good, because you can go back. You made enough decisions in the game. That you can never just go like, well, we just drew bad. It's just like, no, at some point you took a line that was bad, and that's why you've lost. Yeah. Uh, I say what, though. If you want to watch Great Magic, and we talked about coverage a few minutes ago, but, like, go watch the top eights for both these events. I cannot recommend enough. You just want to see good magic. Like, the semifinals in Sofia, where it was the Is It Phoenix mirror match, of just both players having a Legislator in play, and no one wanted to be the first person to cast a second spell. Oh, man. It was some tense magic. It was a lot of fun. All right. Ready to move to Atlanta? I'm ready to move to Atlanta. All right. Our Atlanta meta breakdown, 22% of the field was mono green. 13% was Rakdos midrange. 10% is it Phoenix. Uh, 7% mono white humans. 5% is Aureus Control. And uh, we kind of go down from there. Our top eight, we have Derek Davis on Azorius Control. Chris Ferber on Enigmatic Fires, Daniel Kristoff on Mono Blue Spirits, Eli Loveman on Rakdos Midrange. Uh, third and fourth place, we have John Tatian on Lotus Field. We have Michael Lesh on Slesny Ores, which is kind of the darling deck of this of this event, really. Uh, in second place, we have Ken Takahama on Is It Phoenix? And first place, Matthew Sapoff with 
mono white humans. I'm still pushing that is I'm still pushing that Phoenix alarm that Phoenix watch rookie. We almost had double wins here. It's time to ban Treasure Cruise. I've been saying it for years now. We all agreed. Karn is fine. If Karn ban- sits on the like, if Treasure Cruise moves to the ban list before Karn, I'm switching back to Modern. <laughs> Even without Splinter Twin. Yep. All right. All right. You heard it here first. Uh, all right. So let's look at this top eight here. I want to talk about this Selesnia Auras deck list, which was like. Uh, when, of course, um, uh, Michael here lost to Ma- the eventual winner, Matthew Sapoff, with Mono White Humans, it was, it was a heartbreaker. Game two, they are game one, we take it. Game two, Moldafor, while uh, Mono White Humans keeps, like, the Nutter Butter six. And it's like, okay, we'll shake that off. And then game three, I think it's a Molda six, and we just never see a second land. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh, it hurt to watch. Oh, you hate, you hate to see it, you know? But, uh... Yeah, but Hammerhand. But ha- Hammerhand on the board. So let's talk about this deck list here. Let me find it. Let me pull it up here because it is not so, in my other my I can other I can run it here. down for you real quick. I got it open. Yeah, go for it. We got a companion, Gigantha the Wellspring. Uh, two Generous Visitor, uh... Four Glade Cover Scout, four Light Paws Emperor's Voice, four Paradise Druid, and three Saram Senior Edificer. Okay. For enchantments, we got four Audacity, which there's one fewer lo- of in the world right now, thanks to Ruckman. Look, I'd love to see worse Rancor see play, but at the same time, it could have just been Rancor. Well, here's the thing, though, right? Could it? It's actually better than Rancor. Because Rancor right. always draws you a Rancor, right? Yeah. But Audacity can draw you cards that are better than Rancor. There's nothing better than Rancor. Oh, fair enough. You're back in the alleyway. You can draw another Audacity with Audacity. Oh. But it's not guaranteed, though. Uh, three Cartouche Solidarity, four Ethereal Armor, two Griff's Boon, one Hammer Hand. Yeah, Ricky knows all about that thanks to Prog Series. One Kaya's Ghost Form. Three Sentinel's Eyes, three All That Glitters, one Alpha Authority, and one Rune of Sustenance, and one Warbriar Blessing, 19 lands, 15 card sideboard, Extraction Specialist uh, in the mix here, Rest in Peace, Vanguards, Portable Holes, Whole Nine Yards. What a, what a deck. This, this is, I love it. This deck just screams like, you know what? As we a lot of Rackers, we a lot of Mono Green. Let them do their worst. Right. This is a, an insane list for sure. It is. It is a tight seventy-five, and this is the kind of stuff I love to see in Pioneer. And I mean, you know, we can talk as much as we want about uh, Mono White Humans. Obviously, winning the event. What what a great win for Mono White Humans, right? Some pretty pretty fair magic winning the event here with the one main board Tomic Distinguished Advocates. Um, you know, I it, it's just. I think it's really – it's something we've harped on a lot on the show. And I just think like in, in his winner's interview, uh, Michael just straight up says, any deck can do well, any deck can crap out, just find a deck you're comfortable with. And I think that has always been and will continue to be the story of Pioneer. As much as we just hate seeing Karn, right, and I don't think anything's going to happen with the format now uh, because, once again, we kind of knew going into this event – 
what the event was going to be meta-wise because for all the great players that were there, there's just kind of a lot of just like local FNM bosses that just played the best deck of the format, right? But you find the people who are comfortable with their deck, comfortable with their strategy, know what they're doing coming into this event, and they're just going to take on the world. I don't. I just don't think that there's uh, that many like quote unquote local FNM bosses at this thing. Like there were 900 players, right? And like the competition yeah. was like absurdly stiff. I don't think that like everybody who was there like deserved to be there. They earned their spot. They are like you know not to say that like FNM bosses aren't good at magic, right? Uh, but like this was definitely like a step above that. This was a cut above, right? Sure. Uh, they might not have all been the greatest pioneer players, right? They're all very good magic players. There were tons of pros there. Uh, definitely, definitely a great field. Definitely a ton of, uh, a lot of great players there. A lot of players that didn't make it that were very good, you know? It's just sure. kind of those PTQ seasons are tough. The next one's going to be a bit softer because there's literally almost twice as many invites. Uh, but hey, uh, let them, let them come, right? Yeah. They did at the very beginning of the entire event, right? Announced that it would only be a 13-round event. Uh, and literally got bullied by the players sitting at the players' meeting to extend it by another round. Oh, so it was... Okay. It was originally going to be play nine rounds, come back for three more tomorrow. And it literally made it so that if you X2'd, half your X2s would bubble the top eight. Like, it was literally going to create, like, 16 X2s at the end of the event. Oh, okay, all right, wild. It was like, like the Swiss Triangle math was just, like, immediately awful. They were like, yeah, we need at least one more round, so. Okay. But. I heard... I heard Baby Hugh was running around at the event, making sure everything was going on. Yep. Uh, Reed Duke was there. I saw Sam Black. I saw Cedric, Jim Davis. I saw uh, uh, Autumn Burchett. Uh, tons and tons and tons of pros. Really cool. Yeah. Really fun. I, Cedric yeah. was playing. I, uh... Ooh, nice. I had Cedric uh, sign my Ledger Shredder. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> in true Cedric fel- uh, fashion. Uh, I was, you know, I was like, hey, you signed this. You sent it to me when I bought your shirt. And he's just like, cool, cool. Uh, happy to make your day, guy I don't know. And I was just like, cool. You were on my podcast, but I'll take it, <laughs> right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'll take that I'll take that dunking on every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, part, like, I was really bummed I couldn't be there this one. This sounded like such a fun time. I It's up in the air if I make it to San Diego it was a lot easier when we thought it was going to be Anaheim in, in like February. February. Yeah. But now that it's like spring break prices, it's like, ooh. Not going to lie. I'm looking at it. Uh, we, we might be selling out to playing Pioneer for this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Servo's seen me at work, so he knows that it's a good investment to have me do the playing Pioneer pitch, you know? So. Yeah. I'll make it happen this time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, I technically uh, could have on Sunday. I could have. I was allowed to because it's a destination event. The 10K that was giving out eight uh, RC invites. Uh-huh. I could have played, and if I top aided, I would have eaten an invite. Ooh, it the real dream. It crush. doesn't step down, so that would have been hilarious. But I decided not to. I decided oh, to play trios sealed instead. And get and get uh, other people confused for me and Chris. That was hilarious. I even introduced them as Jack. So, so okay, so what what happened there? 
he was like, Crew 3? And I was like, yeah, Crew 3, here, have some stickers. He's like, oh, I love you guys. And I'm like, yeah, we love you, right? Yeah. He's wearing a Texans jersey, you know, repping that H-Town, oh, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and then he's just like, man, it's so great. You guys, like, got Karn Band and stuff like that. It's, it's, so, it's so funny. He's like, thank you guys so much. I listen to the three of you every day. And I'm like, okay, but this is Jaffer. He streams Arena, and he works for Playing Pioneer. Uh, this is uh, Servo. Uh, aka Darren, and he also works for Playing Pioneer, and he's like, yeah, you guys are the best. I listen to you every week. And it's just like, yep, didn't hear <laughs> me at all. That's okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I think uh, Darren said, well, I think I'm okay with that if I got confused for Chris. I think, I think Servo and I discussed that Jaffer's the better Chris stand-in. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he has to be me. That, that guy looks a lot like me. I saw the thing. I, yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, I've never met the person, but like I saw a picture you of them, met, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." You met Jaffer at Dallas. At Dallas, doing what? Playing Magic. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah, I would. I would probably. I would have surely said, "Man, we look a lot alike." But it was a blast. The whole event was a ton of how, fun. How I have to say, Servo immediately messaged us. It was like Ricky immediately ran up and hugged me, and I didn't think we we're on that level of friendship. No, no, no. No, we are. There's yeah. no way also, I'm not hugging Servo. Uh, also, like, also, how how was it to see that Servo is an actual giant in person? Yeah, uh, I think he like joked about like not fitting on airplanes, and I was like, well, I fit on airplanes, and then like Servo is just like massive, like 25 feet tall, you know, actual <laughs> biblical giant, you know. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I get it now. But uh, but uh, g- good news is though, obviously San Diego up in the air, but. With season three's RC being Pioneer again, based on the timeline, um, I do think that we are going to get S- Dallas for the next Pioneer RC. That would be hype, that's for sure. So, uh, and you know, play, whether or not we're qualified, which we will 100% all be qualified for it, uh, we'll be there. And we'll, we'll take there. all the fans to Boosies. Oh, you already know. I don't have that big of a car. We'll get, I will rent like a budget truck and we'll just throw everyone in there. We'll go to Boosie's. Oh, all right. I'm down. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, real quick, let's look at the Pioneer Challenge. Just kind of wrap things up. Uh, bu- 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 the showcase or the challenge? For the, uh, we'll do the challenge real quick. For the challenge, first and eighth place, we have Smile Pop on Jun Sack, Lucker Dog on Jun Citadel, Kihara Works on Jun Sack, WK Midori on Lotus. JWF239 on Gruel Boat. Jeffrey03. Oh, look, I got it there. I, we, I didn't fall for it this time on Lotus. Oh, Daniel Akos on Is It Phoenix? And then Law11 on Inverterless Inverter. Let's take a quick, quick, quick look at this deck list here. Uh, four Citrus Supplier, four Falaji Archaeologist, four Thassa's Oracle, four Consider, four Fatal Push. One otherworldly gaze, two spell pierced, one village rights, four deadly dispute, one eliminate, one claim to fame, four demonic bargain, four treasure cruise, and a bunch of lands here. <laughs> we're we're doing it. Talk about. I think we've seen several times here. Th- this player's always known for kind of the out there bruise. And you know what? I'm here for. It. We're gonna add another thirteen cards to our library. We're gonna find another mill card. Heck, we might add another th- top thirteen cards and find another demonic bargain. To keep it going, right? Oh my god. I've not seen this deck yet. This is hilarious. This is better than, like, Ultra Surveil. Also, why is Thassa's Oracle, like, $13 still? Yo, it wins games in 
commander. Okay, fair enough. I picked up two foils for like 11 each recently, and I'm holding on to them. Ooh, nice. Yeah, this deck is sweet. Um, also, hey, Jun Citadel, Jun Sack is back. Of course, Jun Sack just being, um, we're going to put Corvold into our Racto Sack deck lists. Because why not, right? You can tutor for him. We're not even we're not even playing deadly. Or uh, a diabolic intent. Right. We're not even playing it in this. We're just we're just playing him raw dog. The bloody betrayal is kind of interesting. In which deck list? In Rakdos, uh, sorry, Jun Sacrifice. Instead of playing uh-huh. Kari's as expertise, right? We can uh just play Is this list playing Giganta? It's not even playing Giganta. Strange. But uh you can just play Bloody Betrayal, which is a threat and effect, but it gives us a blood token, which is more sacrifice uh-huh. fodder. I kind of like that sure. a lot. Okay, yeah. I can see that. That's I mean, pretty like, good. If you're going to play Kari Zez Expertise, right? Might as well. Yeah, yeah Kari Zez Expertise is kind of nice because we can just like play it, take a guy, immediately lead a speeder away type of deal. Right. That's kind of interesting there. Uh, as for the showcase, we have Medvedev on Slaz the Angels. Zerk on Jun Sacrifice, Drama Lance on Azorius Control, MTG Holic on Rakdos Midrange, uh, Zeppi on Rakdos Midrange, Zaros on Is It Phoenix, second place Gul'dakat on Is It Phoenix, and first place Lux on Rakdos Midrange. Bunch of Phoenix there, a lot of Rakdos Midrange, and some Celestia. Also, this the showcase man, the showcase meta. We got a bunch of Rakdos Midrange. We got a lot of Celestia Angels. Uh, man. Look, Wizards, can we reprint Resplendent Angel, please? Uh, that that's a that's a negative ghost rider. Are you kidding me? How, how are we gonna how are we gonna make money? We gotta we gotta I save that it. for like Commander Legends thirty seven. Now that's what I call music kids bop three. Yeah, but I wanna play angels. I've got There's two always... resplendent angels I can sell you. Ooh. Yeah, I don't wanna buy I don't wanna buy them though, is the problem. I don't wanna buy them at current price. Well, are you kidding me? Maybe we can I work got... out a deal. Yeah, I got a foil seed right now for you. I've got a maid costume and some cleaning that needs done, Ruckman. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I already told you. We've already discussed how we deleted our grinder accounts. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but can I get that chicken, Ruckman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, can, we can work out a chicken deal. Uh, all right. Are we ready to uh, – any, any other thoughts here? I mean, like we said, look, obviously – when you know Mono Green is going to be the biggest deck in the format, you come prepared for it. The Pioneer format this last season has really shown that, like, hey, it's resilient. We can we can meta game. We can like not just roll over to the top deck, right? Because um, for a while there, if you asked me this like six months ago to a year ago, I would tell you the Pioneer format could not adapt without something being banned. But now we've proved we can do it. Well, I mean, you know, when you have a format with more than 499 cards in it, you know? True. Yeah, adding two more sets after War of the Spark really helped, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know. Sometimes uh, we, when you're not just restricted need... to Modern Horizons 1 and 2, uh, you can find some answers in some interesting sets and places. So We need more fire design cards to help beat the fire design cards. Oh my god, no, 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 no. We need some water design <laughs> cards so that we can fight Exactly. The, you know? That's how Pokemon uh, works. And then the Fire Nation attack, Todd. I was just saying. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's end things off with the Patreon mailbag here with a very poignant question, I feel like. And this question comes from Kevman. Kevman, who says, 
Should the band philosophy in Pioneer focus more on enablers or on payoffs? Uh, I don't really think either. I don't think, like, it's not a format where we are needing to, like, ban payoffs to strategies, right? Uh, we need to ban one-card engines. Yeah. Like, Karn is an entire engine in itself. And on top of that, it turns off your opponent's, like, similar cards. So, uh, I think, like, the... The design, like the banning philosophy in Pioneer, shouldn't be like banning pieces of combos, even though that seems to be what has happened a lot. Things like Walking Ballista getting banned, things like Kethis getting banned, uh, Inverter, but of course that just sort of needed to go. Or not Inverter, yeah, Inverter. But as far as I'm concerned, like we're at the point now where I think combo decks are fine in the format. I think that like you're, we're just looking at like some very powerful single cards that do it all. Fable the Mirror Breaker, Karn. You know, those are cards yeah. that I could I could think about, right? I Fires mean, and Invention, expre- expre- you know. Expressive, iter- expressive Iteration. Expressive Iteration. It just does it all, right? Yeah. Uh, Winota I, I I was a very dumb ban. I don't agree with the Winota ban still. Uh, the idea that's, of Winota... That's when we were still in our complaining and not adapting phase. Right. Mm-hmm. This was our complain and not adapt phase. Uh, this was our complaint instead of play a single removal spell phase. Uh, um, but, you know. That being said, we still stand by the please ban Karn. Please ban Karn. Like, let's just, you know. So, okay. Hear me out here. I, w- I went deep into thought this over the weekend on... Banning the if... entire set of War of the Spark. No, 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 no. I think, honestly, an interesting ban, in my opinion... Would actually be Cavalier of Thorns. It's just because you want to play that super based Orzhov deck, right? What? Have you not seen that like that Orzhov deck that was like running around a little bit? That's like which? It's just like uh like Vanishing Verse, Wasteland Strangler, uh four Carns. It runs its own Carn board. D Spark. Ricky, it's Ricky, just... don't give away my secret. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, look, but no. So like I. My thought was kind of just like, okay, obviously I'm 100% against the just ban Nykthos train. I think Nykthos can do a lot of interesting things in this format. Um, Karn, obviously the big thing there is it just like turns one side of magic into a thing, which is never good. It's why we ban Teferi and things like that, right? Um, Static Planeswalkers that aren't beneficial to you and just stop your opponent from doing something, I think are always a bad design. Um, And then... I was like, with Cavalier, right, one of the biggest things with Cavalier is, like, you hit off Thor the Festival, you cascade into Nykthos, and, like, that just helps you just go crazy, right? Right. Um, so that's kind of why I was like, maybe maybe we can leave Karn Nykthos and ban Cav instead just to kind of help those weird, just really, really cascading games. The thing is, if you ban Karn, I believe we'll still see some mono green, like, ramp decks that actively just want to play Cityscape, like, Leveler. Sure. You know, I think that like that deck can still sit around and be good. Yeah, we just Cityscape have... Leveler looked insane this weekend when I got to see Mono Green on camera. Oh yeah, that card was insur- absurd. I'm ready for my foil to show up in the mail. You know what the worst feeling in like actual history is? What's that? Uh, when your opponent plays a Cityscape Leveler and uh, in limited, and you have a Portal of Phyrexia in your hand. Oh uh, no! Fun fact: you end up on the worst end of this exchange. <laughs> You play your portal, they sack their cityscape leveler, and then they unearth it and blow up your portal and your next best thing, too. Oh, no. 
I think I, uh, well, I, oh, good. I think the the answer to Kevman's question is uh, is payoffs. Uh, yeah. I think in this particular case, I think that like it, it obviously depends. I think we had some engines that were too strong where they were just like, like you said, just incredibly powerful or doing too many things at once. Like I think Karn can be its own engine um, as far as that goes. So, uh, but like right now in the state that Pioneer is in currently, I think payoffs is the answer. You think payoffs is the answer? I think payoffs I mean, is the I, answer just because like, like the payoffs that we have right now aren't, aren't, you know, what would you define as like the difference between a payoff and an enabler? Um, an enabler is like Nykthos, right? It enables right. the cast our crazy things, and the payoff is like our cityscape level or our, our thing, which is why I kind of agree, right? Like, I don't think necessarily right. Nicholas is the problem. I'm not even sure that, like, um, uh, Expressive Federation was the problem. Like, I, I do think it was pretty pretty darn strong, but I think it was just, like, good card selection. Uh, but I do think that, like, that, that that's our luxury, right? There are sometimes, like, Birthing Pod, where that's an enabler, or, you know, it's really a combo card, right? But um, even on its own, there are cards that are just too strong, right? They're, they're, they get too many powerful options, but, like, in, in a place where we are now, like it's going to take certain cards that are be like the strong payoffs, and we I think can just ban those and keep some of the the powerful magic cards around that are enabling, uh, you know, such right. things. I guess so. I, I just think honestly, it is just a very case by case thing. I yep. I say like generally right generally right now, right? I'm 100 percent on Ricky's side. Where like ban Karn, ban Fable, ban these like single piece things that just entirely build everything around themselves. Yeah, we're, we're all uh, the ban Karn tree. Like, yeah, I, I just think, like, there, there are just times where I feel like it, it's always going to come down to, to me, the context around what we're banning here, right? Like, okay, with, like, Monogreen, for instance, right? Like, you mentioned Ban Cityscape over, right? Like, that doesn't really do anything. Like, do you ban Pestilent College? Like, do you get rid of the infinite combo? Like, maybe that's the real thing there, right? They just find another infinite combo. This is the thing is like you can ban Pestle and Cauldron, but they can just infinite combo with Chain Pale yeah. too. Like it's just like the ham sandwich combos with Karn, you know? Yeah, and it's just like, you know, with Inverter, we I mean, we always talked about how like, okay, if we banned Thoracol and left Inverter, you just have Jace around, like, is that good enough? I, I, I think it is always gonna be a case by case basis. I do feel like more off the knot, we're gonna end up in a ban the payoff versus the, the enabler route. Uh, but right now, I think the format is really strangle-held by these just, like, three-ish cards. These, like, two to three cards that are just, like, is a force unto itself. So, like, I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because they did, like, a little, like, breakdown of, like, Brothers of War cards that were in the Pioneer decks that these uh, RCs write and, like, what was the most uh-huh. played card. And it was, like, Technically, the most played card by complete copies in decks, right, was Misery Shadow, because Rakdos decks were playing it as a two or three of, right, in their 75. Sure. But, like, the number two card played from Brothers War was Stonebrain, which was, like, I think in the in the Italy one, it was, like, uh, or the European one, right, it was uh, played in the sideboard as a one of in 89 decks, right? But it was sure. just, like... Each person playing Misery Shadow is adding three to the count, and it was like uh, 113 Misery Shadows, but there were 89 Stone Brains in the tournament, each of them being only played by one one copy. <laughs> yeah. And that's the second most played card from the new set. I think it's just really funny. Yeah. I, well, I, of course, forgot. I'm, I'm a bad shill. I usually am better at this, but I, of course, forgot to say, uh, of course, shout out to our spread Patreon, patreon.com, just crew through MTG. You can get your question read, just like Kevman, that is available to all tiers of Patreon, so join that and get the Patreon subscriber tier on our Discord. 
And then, of course, we have other great tiers available for fun stuff. Uh, for those who are swag bag tier, November swag bags are going to be going out by the time you hear this episode. Uh, so hopefully they will be out to you next week. And then I'm already going to buy the one for December so I can try to get out as early as possible so you can get that before Christmas. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, let's just say uh, a hint for that one is going to be Grandma Got Run Over by Phyrexian. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Walking home yeah. from our house Christmas Eve. That's, that's right. Uh, you could say there's no thing as Urza, but as for me and Grandpa, we, we believe. believe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, of course, to everyone else at home who doesn't supply our Patreon, but does support us every week. I tune in week in, week out. You help us keep the lights on. It's It, it was just a great weekend for Pioneer. And uh, yeah, let's hope. Let's keep things rolling. We have the current RCQ season ending here in a couple weeks, and then we get a little break and we get to come back in, I think, January for more Pioneer goodness, and it's just going to be its such a great time to be in this format. That's right. Yeah, to everybody listening, happy Thanksgiving. It was, uh, you know, yesterday, I guess, if this episode comes out on time, so... That is correct, heck, yeah. Yeah, hope everybody got all the turkey and or whatever other bird you may or may not be eating and or whatever you might eat on your holiday uh, face work. And if you aren't in America or don't celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you had a good Thursday. Yeah, right. Exactly. That was at least, I hope it was at least average. Yeah, yeah. And I hope you have a good Friday. All right, gentlemen, where can the people at home find you on the socials? Hey, you can find me on the Twitter for however long that's still around at it's underscore Christmas. And you can now find me on Hive, which is currently running on a toaster uh, at Crew 3 Chris. So we'll see how that goes. It looks like it's being run by two people. We're trying to buy it here at Crew 3 Podcast, but yeah, you can find me they, on Hive they, now. They want the, they're asking for the third ham sandwich. I just third, don't know if we can yeah, get that it's, it's tough. It's not sure that it's in the budget. We may have to, we may have to reach out for some other financing, but yeah, on Hive now at Crew 3 Chris. Jeez. Uh, and Ricky, what about you? I'm at also Steve on Twitter, and you can find me forcing corrupt decks and bro limited uh, over on uh, Crew Three uh, TCG Twitch TV. Uh, Twitch TV says Crew Three MTG. That's right. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can find me at Crew Three Podcast over on Twitter, and also now on Hive. And, oh my uh, god! Why are we all, all sorts of cool we stuff all Hive shills now? <laughs> I mean, hey, whoever pays us, right? Hey. Hashtag not sponsored. Except by Nate's mom. And maybe Olive Garden one day. Uh, but yeah, so find us there. And of course, uh, I run our... I help do our stuff over on YouTube. And maybe one of these days I'll start streaming again. Uh, it's youtube.com slash crew3mtg where the very awkward set new episode of Pioneer Precious Games will go up this week. And Ricky and I will start getting back on it now that Atlanta's over. And we're moving on to cons of Tarkir block where we get to play with Fetchlands for two weeks. There we go. And then never again. Never right. again. Alright, we'll talk to you all next time. Bye! Bye! Bye.